Um, that was phenomenal. April, you're about to make me wanna like take a lap during that prayer there. That was next level. I love um, that. And team, thanks for leading so strong. They'll be back in just a minute to close this out tonight. Um, but Tilar, what's up? Y'all feeling good? Everybody all right? Yeah, doing good, doing good. Um, it feels good to be in this space. I'll be honest, it's been like three years since I've been here to TLR Woodstock, um, but it feels really good to be back. And I track very closely with what God's doing here. Uh, if we've never met before, my name is Matt, and uh, I'm not a familiar face to this community, uh, but I'm definitely uh, not unfamiliar to what God is doing in, at, at the living room. I get to lead the living room down at Buckhead Church, and uh, I believe so much in your generation. And so I just wanna say that from the start tonight, uh, not a familiar face, but my heart beats for uh, this generation and for college students. And so I'm so pumped to get to hang out with y'all tonight. And uh, you know this uh, most likely, but we've been in this series called Bounce Back. And uh, it's been an amazing series where we're talking about uh, mental and emotional health. And we're talking about how to get back up when life knocks you down. And tonight we're in Bounce Back Part 3, the final part of this conversation. And I'll be honest, tonight is an important conversation, but it's not an easy one. It's a really important conversation. I think it's gonna wrap up this series really, really well, but this is not an easy conversation. And I think there's gonna be moments tonight where you're like, man, that's challenging. Oh, that felt pretty direct. Okay, that was encouraging, say more of that. Um, but tonight, I want you to know everything that I say is coming from a heart that again is for you and loves this generation and ultimately wants you to experience all that God has in store for you. So before we dive in tonight, I really just wanna pray um, and, and invite and welcome the Holy Spirit to meet us tonight right where we are. So if you would just pray with me. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you for this, this community. And God, thanks for what you're doing here. And Lord, we um, know tonight as we open up your word that you wanna say some things. And God, I don't know what every person is carrying in with them tonight, but you do. You know every story tonight. You know every fear, you know every worry, you know every insecurity. God, you know it all. And so Lord, I pray that tonight as I speak, I pray that you would take my words and you would translate them into the hearts of your people and that you would do what only you can do. And God, I believe that you're gonna do something significant tonight where only you could get the praise. So God, on the front end, with that expectation, I say thank you for what you're gonna do in this space, in this community tonight. In Jesus' mighty, matchless name we pray. Amen, amen. So a few years ago, uh, I was in high school, more than a few years ago, but uh, I was once in high school and I played basketball in high school. And uh, my position was point guard, to which if you're a basketball fan, you're probably thinking like, dang, man, I kind of you know, had you as like a power forward. Um, but that wasn't my position, it was point guard. And if you're not a basketball fan, uh, I'm 5'8", you could see that. So maybe five, and on the roster, I'm like six foot, because that's what you do, you add like four inches, you know. Um, but uh, I'm playing point guard, and point guard, like you gotta take care of the ball, right? Like you bring the ball up the court, and so you gotta dribble it, you know, and you can't just be like dribbling it off your foot. And so I was a decent point guard, but my responsibilities were to get the ball into the hands of the people on my team who could put the ball in the basket, and that was not me. Um, so I just needed to bring the ball up the court and make sure that like I got it to the people who needed to get the ball. And so I was pretty good at going my right hand, that was like my dominant hand, um, but my left hand was my weak hand, my off hand, right? Like, my non-dominant hand. And so 
I really had to work on like going to my left, right? Like that was my weakness. That's my area where I needed to grow, where I needed to improve. And so I'll never forget, it was my senior year of high school. Uh, it was about midway through the season. We were having a pretty good season. And uh, two times a week, we would come in for like early morning workouts. So we would have practice every day after school. Uh, but like two times a week, it would be like optional, but it really wasn't optional. And so I would show up to these early morning workouts and primarily I would do drills uh, to work on going to my left, going to my offhand. And so it was like midway through the season and it was one of those mornings where I just didn't really wanna be there. And so I was there, but not really there. And I'm kind of just going through the drills, going through the motions, but not really looking to like get better. And then my coach walks into the gym. And so I kind of see him out of the corner of my eye. And so of course now I'm like, hey, let's go guys, come on, pick it up, you know, like, let's do this, let's do this. Whoo, man, it's been a good workout, you know, and he kind of walks over towards me. And he kind of walks in my direction and he's like, hey Matt, like just pick it up, like Paul, hold on, like pick up the ball for a second. I'm like, yeah, what's up coach? How you doing, you feeling good? And he's like, yeah, let me ask you a question, Matt. And I was like, yeah, what's up coach? And he's like, do you really wanna get better? To which I was like, coach, what? And he's like, no, 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 for real. Like, do you really want to get better? To which everyone in the gym, like my teammates were probably thinking, of course he does, coach, like he's here. He's the point guard, it's his senior year. You think he doesn't wanna get better? But the reality was, this was the one question that I didn't wanna hear, but it was the question that I needed to be asked. Because hear me, it was possible for me to show up to the gym for early morning workouts, but not really wanna get better, not really wanna improve. And here's what I want you to know tonight. It is possible for you and I to show up to spaces like this, to gatherings like this, TLR at Woodstock on Wednesday nights, and not really wanna grow, not really wanna change, not actually wanna experience a breakthrough in our life. Like we're singing the songs, we're going to our small groups maybe, we're here, we're taking notes, but we don't really wanna change. It's possible. It's possible to show up and just kinda go through the motions. And all of us have struggles in our life, things that we know need to change, parts of our life where we really wanna experience a breakthrough, areas where we feel weak, hesitant, insecure, unsure, fearful, worried. And the question I wanna ask you is, do you really wanna grow? Do, do you really wanna change? Do you really wanna experience a breakthrough? What's that part of your life that you see every single day, but you hope that no one else ever does? It's that part of your life that you work tirelessly to make sure that everyone on the outside never really knows what's happening on the inside. For you, maybe it's some form of self-hate. Maybe it's regret. Maybe it's an eating disorder. Maybe it's, it's shame or insecurity or fear or worry or anxiety or depression or an addiction. And you're careful with what you post. You're careful with what you say. You're really aware with what you do. But I wanna ask you a genuine heart-to-heart -heart question tonight, an honest, vulnerable question. And it's this question right here. Do you really wanna get well? Like, do you actually want to get well? Because the reality is, 
Most of us love the idea of God changing our circumstances, but not so much the idea of God changing us. Like most of us love the idea of like, man, Lord, if you would just kind of change my circumstances, you know, like I'm here and if you would just take me there. But we don't really love the idea of God changing us because that seems like it's gonna be hard. That seems like it's going to take time. That seems like we're like gonna have to play a part in that. And we often tell ourselves the narrative that in order for me to change, my circumstances need to change first, right? Like friends talk to you, mentors talk to you, your parents talk to you, and they're like, hey, why don't you just kinda you know, make a change in that area of your life, start to take some steps towards growth, towards a breakthrough, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I really want to, but first, my, my circumstances need to change. And once they do, then I'll be able to take a step, then I'll be able to grow, then I'll be able to move forward, then I'll be able to heal. But what if, hear me, what if, what if God wants to change you before he changes your circumstances? I wonder if while you may be so fixated and focused on your situation, God might just be much more focused on your soul. Like I wonder if God might be like, hey, I see where you are. I hear your desires. I know what you're feeling but there's something I wanna show you in this season of your life. In the middle of the hurt, in the middle of the pain, in the middle of the doubt, there's something I want to do in you. Not that he's not aware or concerned about your situation, but maybe there's some work that he wants to do on the inside in your soul. And so tonight, we're gonna spend some time looking at this story that's found in the Gospel of John chapter five. I wanna give you a little bit of context before we dive in. Um, Jesus, in this, in this text that we're gonna read, he asked this man a question. And it's a question that seems so obvious that it almost comes across as offensive. In fact, if, if I were here in this moment when Jesus asked this man this question, I think I would have been like, yo, Jesus, like, not the time, like, like, like chill, you know? But we need to remember that Jesus is always doing something with what he's saying. He never misspeaks. He never says too much. And so every word that Jesus speaks is on purpose for a purpose. And the same is true in this story that we're gonna read tonight. And I think this story speaks directly to the conversation that we're in tonight. And I think it's a story that can speak directly to maybe where you are in your life. So we pick it up in John chapter five, beginning in verse one. It says this. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. So there were like three primary, uh, really big Jewish festivals, and we're not sure which festival it might have been, uh, but it's believed by many scholars that it would have been one of the three like big festivals. So Jesus is going to this big celebration in Jerusalem. We keep going, verse two. It says, now there was in Jerusalem near the sheep gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to live, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. So this pool called Bethesda is the location where a large number of people would come looking for their healing. So, so people would come here and they were searching for a breakthrough. They were hoping that this would be in the place in their life where like something would change. So these people come and they know what they're carrying, they know what they're feeling, they, they, they know their weaknesses, they know their struggles, and they're coming here looking, hoping, desperately, that they're going to experience healing. 
that they're gonna leave different than the way they showed up. It goes on. It says, one was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. Notice, I wanna point this out to you, you probably missed this, but notice that's John 5, verse five. And before that, we were at John, we ended in John 5, verse three. We skipped over verse four. And that's because in most Bible translations, for verse four, John chapter five, verse four, it just puts in a note. And in my Bible, in, in the NIV, what I read most often, uh, it puts in a note that reads something like this, that um, from time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and, and stir up and disturb the water. And upon the disturbance of the water, the first person to get in would be healed of whatever disease they had. So that's, that's the note that, that's inserted in my biblical translation for verse four, that these people would come down, an angel would come down rather, and the angel would get in the water, and the angel would kind of mix the water up, and when the people would see this happening, uh, the first person to get into the pool, to get into the water, they would be healed. So this is what they were used to, this is what they were expecting, this is the way it worked. And so there's this, this paralyzed man, this invalid, who's been in this condition for 38 years. That's a long time. It's almost four decades, 38 years. And he would have been last in line to get into the pool, to get into the water. Someone would have always gotten in before him, right? Because he would have needed help to get into the water. So even if he was really close, by the time the angel came down, someone else would have jumped in front of him. So certainly this man, who had been in this condition for 38 years, he had to be feeling frustrated at the very least. He had to be feeling hopeless. He had to be feeling isolated and alone. I would imagine he's like, I give up. And maybe, just maybe, there's some of you in the room tonight that you know how that feels. Something going on in your life, an area of your life where it's a struggle, you feel weak, you see it every single day, but it feels frustrating and discouraging. And you look around and you're like, man, am I the only one? It seems like everyone else is experiencing breakthroughs and finding their healing and moving forward and growing and I should be there by now, but I'm not. In fact, I feel like I've, I've fallen deeper and deeper and deeper into this struggle and into these emotions and into this anxiety and into these thoughts and into this addiction. And you're wondering, when is it gonna be my turn? Like, Lord, when are you gonna show up for me? The text goes on. It says, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, here it is, do you wanna get well? So picture this, Jesus gets the, the details here of the situation. He finds out exactly what's going on with this man, how long he's been in this condition for. And then Jesus has the nerve to walk up and say, hey, do you wanna get well? Again, feels like an obvious question. Almost seems a bit offensive. In this moment where, I, I mean, I don't know, you tell me if you'd respond differently. I think I'd be like, hey, Jesus, come on, come on. That's not, that's not the right question to ask in this moment. Do you wanna get well? But notice, don't miss this. Jesus walks directly up to the person 
who would have been last and says, you first. And then Jesus looks this man straight in the eyes and he asks him the question, do you want to get well? Do you wanna get well? It's the response. Sir, the invalid replies, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So like, we don't know the tone of this response, but I'm imagining it's like, Jesus, okay, here's the deal. Um, sir, uh, there, there's no one to help me when the water's stirred. Like, you know how this works, right? And so the water gets stirred and the first person in finds their healing. And so every time I'm trying to get in, someone else goes in front of me. Jesus, it's been happening for 38 years. It's gonna continue to happen for the next 38 years. And in this moment, uh, as I'm reading this text, it kind of reminds me, I've got two daughters, a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and often I will ask them like a question, right? Like I'll be like, girls, girls, what's going on here? Like, why is your playroom a disaster? You know, like what, what, what just happened? I just walked away for 30 seconds and you guys managed to absolutely destroy everything. And they typically start to respond by being like, well, dad, we were, um, uh, there, there were cookies. And then, uh, and then uh, Nomi wanted to go watch a show. And then I just got thirsty. And they just say a lot of words, but they never really answer the question. And typically I just respond in a loving way. And I'm like, that's not what I asked. I didn't need to know all that. And that's kind of how I'm expecting Jesus to respond in this moment. Like this man just starts saying all these things and Jesus is like, okay, I didn't ask all that. The question I asked was, do you want to get well? Like this man states a whole bunch of facts, but Jesus didn't ask the question, hey, tell me the facts. Jesus says, do, do you wanna get well? Jesus knew the facts. He knew this man's situation. We just read that in the verse before. He was informed. He understood what was going on here. Jesus was more so assessing the condition of this man's soul. When he asked the question, do you wanna get well? He's really saying, hey, what's the condition of your soul? Because sometimes our faith has the ability to override the facts. Now I need to make a really important disclaimer here. This is not me suggesting that you can simply pray the pain away or that you just need to have more faith and your circumstances are all gonna change overnight. This isn't that, that's not what I'm saying. This is me suggesting that while I'm not saying you can pray the pain away, I am saying you can pray through the pain and faith can give you the ability to endure. It can give you the strength to keep going even when your circumstances get really, really hard, even when you feel weak. Faith can provide us with hope when things seem really, really hopeless. And faith can lead us to do things that don't seem to make a lot of sense, ultimately. And Jesus knew that this man couldn't get to the water on his own, which is why Jesus comes straight to him first. And this is a picture, come on, this is a picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you see this? Like God sees our condition. God knew that, hey, we are sinners in need of a savior and that on our own, we can never find our healing. And we try, right? Like we run to a lot of different wells. 
And we try a lot of things and we think, oh, if I just do enough good works or oh, if I just don't do this or I don't say that. And God's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand, you can't save yourself. So I'm gonna come to you and God sends Jesus to earth to live a perfect life and to die on our behalf so that now we have hope. In this story, you see the correlation, you see the picture. Jesus comes to this man who cannot save himself. And Jesus says, that's okay, I got you. You can't save yourself, but I'm here, I've come to you. It's a picture of the gospel. It goes on, look at this, it's amazing. Then Jesus said to him, I love this, I love this about Jesus. Like he's not like, oh, okay, tell me more. Jesus like, just let me cut to it, all right? And he's like, get up. Jesus looks at him, he's like, okay, I hear you, get up. Get up, pick up your mat and walk. After hearing all of the facts, Jesus says, get up and walk. The people who were there around the pool, they would have been waiting for an angel to come down to stir up the water. But this man was in the presence of the one who sends down the angels and he didn't even know it. He's standing in face to face with the one who, who says, hey, go ahead, go down, it's time. I wonder if while you might be waiting for God to come down and meet you right where you are, God might be waiting for you to stand up because he wants to meet you right where you are. And so do you really wanna get well? Are you willing to say, God, change me first? Maybe even before you change my, my situation or my circumstances, is there something you wanna do inside of me? You may not change my situation, but, but would you change my soul? Would you change my mindset? Would you shift my perspective? Would you renew my hope? Would you increase my faith? Lord, what is it that you wanna do in my life in the midst of these circumstances? Jesus knew this man's physical condition. He knew what was going on, but he was really concerned again with the condition of this man's heart. And so he says, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And look at this, this is amazing. At once, this man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. Come on, there, there must have been something about the way in which Jesus spoke that gave this man the courage to do what he knew he couldn't do. It had been 38 years. This man had been in this condition for a long, long time and here comes Jesus and this man doesn't know who's walking into his presence and Jesus says, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And this man does it. What about Jesus gave this man the confidence to say, this, this feels crazy, but okay, here we go. And he stands up and walks. And you could imagine the people in the community thinking, no, 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 that's not how it works. The angel didn't come down. What, what just happened? You could imagine this man being like, I don't know what just happened, but, but I'm walking. I'm cured. Who is this man? So tonight, we've said all along, we want this series to be hope-filled and helpful. And tonight I wanna get practical as we close. And I wanna ask you a couple questions that 
I think we can draw from this text and a couple questions that I want you to process tonight and in your small groups and beyond. And the first question is this question right here. What excuses might be holding you back? This man in this text could have made a lot of excuses. When Jesus said, get up and walk, he could have been like, Jesus, let me tell you again, the situation, angel comes down, stirs up the water, somebody always gets in in front of me, it's why I've been in this condition for 38 years, Jesus, it's not gonna happen. Those excuses seem valid. Oftentimes, we justify our excuses by creating a narrative of exceptions. Like, here's why, here's why I'm not doing this. Here's why I'm not gonna change. Here's why I'm not gonna grow. Here's why I'm not gonna take that step. Here's why I'm in the condition I'm in. And oftentimes, the excuses that we say, they sound really, really good. And so the people around us are just like, okay, I get it. Yeah, I'll quit asking. So what excuses in your life, even good excuses, might be holding you back? Maybe it's time for you to say, hey, hey, I recognize what's going on. It's okay for you to come to terms with the facts of the situation, but maybe it's time for you to say, you know what, I'm not gonna let that hold me back. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe it feels like he's been working in everyone else's life but mine. Maybe, maybe I've gone through a lot. Maybe things have been really hard. Maybe a lot of things have, have, have happened that are way outside of my control, but I'm not gonna let any of that hold me back from, from not missing the one who might be calling me to take a step. If Jesus were to come down tonight and, and look you face to, face to face and say, hey, hey, I want you to get up and walk, what would your response be? In that area of your life where you're really struggling, if you catch yourself saying, hey, Jesus, first, I need to talk about some things, then maybe right now there's an excuse that's holding you back that you need to pay attention to. The second question I wanna ask you is, have you become comfortable in your weakness? Come on. It's really possible for you and I to become comfortable in our weakness. It's possible to actually just wanna talk about the things you're struggling with, but never take a step to overcome it. It's possible to just wanna be like, oh yeah, this is hard. I've been feeling this way. I have these emotions. I'm going through this. Um, but, but to never really want to move forward because we know that in order to move forward, that's gonna be hard. That's gonna take some time. That's gonna require some tough conversations. That might require me to go to counseling. That might require me to take some medication, at least for a season of my life. That might require me to open up and be vulnerable with some people. And I don't really wanna do all that, so I'll just settle for the convenience of where I am right now, and I'll just make this kind of comfortable, even though I know that this isn't best for me. Have you become comfortable in your weakness? This man had been here for 38 years. Certainly by now, he, he had figured out how to kind of live in this condition. Are you living in a condition that's not healthy? It's not where you wanna be, but you've just kind of settled into it and accepted it as where you're gonna be. Third question is this, are you willing to allow God to work in unexpected ways? Because here's what I know to be true, is that Jesus may ask you and call you to do some things that don't seem to make a lot of sense. 
That's usually how it works. That he might ask you and say, hey, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to say. This is what I want you to quit doing or quit saying. And he might call you out and it may not seem to make a lot of sense. It might not be what you expect. Again, this man in this story was not expecting to find his healing this way. He was expecting what everyone else was expecting, which was an angel to come down and stir up the water and for him to get in. But yet Jesus shows up and meets this man. And this man's not looking for Jesus. He's not expecting for Jesus to come to him. It's an unexpected interruption. Jesus will interrupt your lives from time to time, typically in unexpected ways. And are you willing to be interrupted? Are you willing to move even when it's not the way you thought it was gonna go? Are you willing for others to, to not fully understand the steps that you're taking? Because sometimes people aren't gonna understand. Like faith often will lead you down a path where other people don't really fully understand why you're moving down this path. And they might even be critical. They might even be like, hey, hey, why are you doing that? Hey, why aren't you going out anymore on Fridays and Saturdays? Like, like what's going on with you? And you're like, hey, I know this doesn't make sense, but I know this is what I need to do in this season of my life if I'm gonna become healthy, if I'm gonna move forward, if I'm gonna quit falling into this specific struggle in my life. So again, let, let me just ask you this question. Do you wanna get well? Like, do you really wanna get well? Tonight, as we close before the band comes back out to lead us, I wanna create a little bit of space for you. And before I do, I'll share this story. I told you I have two daughters, five-year-old and two-year-old, two girls. Uh, their names are Willow and Nomi. And just about every night that I get the chance to put them to bed, before I walk out of the room, I, I, I lean in right when it's quiet and I kinda whisper in their ear, to them, your dad loves you, your dad believes in you, and God is using you to do great things. Your dad loves you, your dad believes in you, and God is using you to do great things. And here's why, here's why I, I say that over and over and over again to them, and here's why I wait until I'm about to walk out of the room, it's because that's the moment where I know they're going to be quiet enough and still enough for long enough to hear what I'm saying to them. Does my two-year-old fully comprehend all of that? Probably not. But there are some things that I want my daughters to know for the rest of their life. In every season of their life, one day when they're in this season, when they're college-aged adults, when they're in college, I want them to know that their dad loves them, that their dad believes in them, and that their heavenly father is using them and working in their lives to do great things. And I am an imperfect father Yet I desperately have some things I want my daughters to know. Imagine how much more your perfect heavenly father wants you to know some things. What does your father wanna say to you, your heavenly father? What does God want to tell you tonight? So here's what I wanna do.
I'm gonna sit down and just for like 30 seconds, which might feel like 30 minutes, I'm just gonna be still and silent. And my challenge to you is try to listen closely to what your father's saying to you tonight. What does he want you to know? What, what, what step is he calling you to take tonight? So just take a minute right now. Maybe tonight, for some of you, the step that you know God is calling you to take is that you need to stand up and walk. That there's something going on in your life, I don't know what it is, but you need to stand up and walk and move forward and stop coming back to whatever that thing is. Maybe that's the step for you. Maybe, maybe for you, there's something tonight that that you need to say out loud. You need to speak out something and confess something going on in your life. There's power in that. Maybe for you, it's a step of surrender tonight. And there's something that you need to let go of in your life, something that you've been carrying, maybe something that you did or something that was done to you a long, long, long time ago, but it's still impacting you today. And you just need to surrender it to God and say, Lord, Lord, here it is. I don't wanna hold on to this anymore. Maybe tonight, for some of you, you need to take a step and put your faith and trust in Jesus tonight for the very first time and receive salvation in your life. Maybe you never knew the gospel. You never knew that there was a God who loved you so much that he sent Jesus to earth and he sent Jesus uh, to pay the price for your sins and that now if you put your faith and trust in Jesus that you can be saved of your sins and have eternal life, but not just life eternally, but you can have real full life here and now as well. And so here's what I wanna do as we close. If you would, just for concentration, all across the room, just, just bow your heads, close your eyes just for a moment. And I'm just gonna lead a prayer. And if at any point as I'm praying, you know that this step is for you, then I just want you to pray with me. And you can pray it in your own words. You don't have to pray it out loud. You can pray this in your heart. But God, you, you see us all tonight. And Lord, right now, I pray that you would keep stirring in our hearts. And God, maybe there's someone in the room tonight that knows that, the step you're calling them to take is to stand and walk away from something that's going on in their life, something that they keep coming back to. And so Lord, I pray that you would give that person tonight the courage to do that, the perseverance to walk away and not come back to it. Lord, maybe there's a person in the room tonight that knows they need to say something out loud to somebody, to a friend, to a small group leader, to someone on staff here at TLR, 
There's something they need to share. There's something they need to let out. There's something they need to confess. And right now, their heart is beating a million miles an hour because they're terrified to say, say this out loud. But God, there is power in sharing something with another person. So Lord, give them the boldness to do it, to not wait, to not shove it down and say, ah, next time. God, maybe there's someone in the room tonight that, that knows there's something they've been carrying for far too long. And tonight's the night that they just need to let it go. They need to surrender it to you. And they don't even know what's on the other side. It feels risky, it feels pretty scary, but tonight they just need to let go of something and leave it in this space tonight and stop carrying it with them. Help that person to do that tonight, Lord. Or God, maybe there's someone in the room tonight that for the very first time, they're going to put their faith and trust in you and they're going to come from death to life spiritually. And for that person, Lord, I pray right now that they would know that you love them and you wanna meet them right where they are. And if that's you tonight, if tonight you wanna put your faith and trust in Jesus for the first time, just, just pray these words with me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I confess that I'm a sinner who is in desperate need of a savior. I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And tonight, I'm choosing to put my faith and trust in Jesus' death and resurrection. And I wanna follow Jesus from this day forward the best way that I know how. In Jesus' name. You can pick your heads back up. So that was a few steps that we just highlighted. And here's what I wanna do. Um, I would love it if as a community, we could kind of see a glimpse of what God's doing tonight. And I'm not gonna call out each step, that's for you to know about, encourage you to share it with someone. But if tonight you took a step and there's something you know you need to say, there's something you need to surrender, there's something you need to stand up and walk away from, or you just put your faith and trust in Jesus for the first time. If any of those things are true for you tonight, would you be so bold to just stand up right where you are so that we can see you and celebrate with you tonight? That's you. Yeah, I see y'all. Amen. Amen, yeah, I see y'all. I see y'all. It's amazing. Come on, all of us can stand together in this community. What I know to be true is that the same God who met this paralyzed man at the pool of Bethesda and said, do you wanna get well? And saw this man's faith and said, okay, then stand up and walk. And he heals this man and he rewrites this man's story. That same God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So that's not the God that we read about and we're like, man, that's really cool. I wish he was still doing things like that today. No, 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 the same God that did that in John chapter five, he's alive and at work today in this community, in your life. And that same power is available to you tonight. And so here's what I wanna encourage you with. If you just took a step tonight, or if you're thinking about it and you're like, man, I don't know, I'm not there yet. I've got some doubts, but I'm close. I just want you to know the same God who healed is healing today. 
and that there is healing available for you. There's a breakthrough that's available for you. There is hope for you. You can keep moving forward. There's purpose for your life. And my encouragement to you is keep showing up, keep pursuing the same God who wants to work and transform your life. So Heavenly Father, tonight we're gonna close out by just declaring that over this community, that you are the same God. God, thank you for the fact that if it wasn't for you, all of us would be without hope. If it wasn't for you, all of us would be lost in our sins. If it wasn't for you, the things that we're struggling with, we might as well just give up and say, this is the way it's gonna be forever. But God, because of you, anything is possible. In your presence, anything can happen. And so Lord, even in these final few moments tonight, do something unexpected. Show up, meet us tonight right where we are. Lord, I pray that the words that we're about to sing, that you would take these words, you'd take these truths that come from your word, and Lord, that you would translate these words into the hearts of people. And you would remind us of some things. You'd encourage us. So God, in these final moments, keep moving, keep doing what you're doing. We'll give you all the glory for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.